0: This is The Guardian.
1: I'm Gabrielle Jackson, coming to you from Darug Country, and this is The Full Story. A new year often means a time to try new things, new hobbies, new exercise routines and new ways of looking for love. But even though dating apps are one of the most common ways for people to meet, their usage in Australia is declining.
2: My name's Jonathan, I'm 29 years old and I live in Darwin in the Northern Territory. I stopped using apps when I moved to Darwin. I was far more interested in meeting people in person. Being on apps was getting to the point where it was actually a little bit disheartening.
3: I'm Natalie, I'm 34 and I live in Numb. I quit apps at the end of October with the intention that I'd be off them for a year. I feel like my mental health is a lot better because I'm not worried about constantly being compared to other people.
1: When Guardian Australia spoke to readers about their decision to quit the apps, many people were opting for ways to connect in person.
2: A particular night I was out and I was with friends and we were going to a couple of venues and someone suggested we go to a live music venue. It was just like any other night, but I was on the dance floor and uh, I made eye contact with another person and that's where I met my partner.
3: So right now I would say I'm very happily single, been spending a lot more time with friends and things in the hopes that if I was to meet someone else, which I think I probably will at some point before the end of the year, it would be through either
1: a mutual friend or a shared interest. And a 90s train coming back strong is speed dating. So I'm Lauren, here trying speed dating. Hopefully you meet someone, but you just never know.
0: I have done a few speed dating events in the last couple of years. I would say I'm sort of a veteran now, but I do enjoy it over the dating apps.
1: Today, how will people find love in 2024? It's Wednesday, the 17th of January.
2: Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class, all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow,
1: Hi, Alex. Hi, Gabs. You've been reporting on dating apps for a really long time, since the beginning of dating apps, I
4: think. Yes, I've been um, covering dating apps since the dawn of Tinder. Alex Gorman is Guardian Australia's Lifestyle Editor. Back in 2013.
1: Take us back to what it was like in the beginning.
4: Oh, it was a brave new world back then, especially because I think before apps became popular you know there was a bit of kind of online dating in Australia but it was sort of seen as something that was maybe your second time around option. RSVP. Exactly like post-divorce you sign up for RSVP Uh, but for younger people we didn't not just have a culture of dating online. Australia didn't really have that much of a culture of dating. We had a culture of getting drunk at parties and hooking up with our friends of friends. (laughs) Was there another way? (laughs) Well, and then if that happened four or five times, it's like, I guess you're my boyfriend. (laughs) Uh, So suddenly apps came about. They seemed quite cool and novel at the very beginning, like Tinder was this new early adopter thing. And younger Australians had to learn not just to kind of navigate online dating, but what it was like to front up to a date with someone that you didn't know at all like in the US it was fairly commonplace always to ask someone out at a grocery shop that wasn't really a thing in Australia Australia is the world's biggest small country town, you don't necessarily need to go out and date if you already know everyone or at least are friends of friends with them. It means that there's less opportunity to be a stranger in a strange land here.
1: We might need to disclose that we both met our long-term partners on
4: the early days of Tinder. (laughs) Indeed. I was writing about Tinder and so, of course, downloaded it and started using it. And then in something that is probably like infuriating to those who are still in the dating trenches today, immediately met my now husband.
1: Here we are ten years later. How have the apps changed and what are the apps out there today?
4: So there are actually over 1,500 online dating services available now. That is more than I would have thought. You can find not necessarily an app but at least a website for the most niche of niche interests. Uh, in terms of the really big players, you have your OG, which is Tinder, mm. now Tinder is actually owned by Match.com as are a number of the other big dating apps. So they kind of are the whale in the dating space. Mm -hmm. Then you have Bumble, which has the kind of market setting itself apart of being women have to approach men first. Mm -hmm. So women make the first move on Bumble. You have Hinge, which is generally perceived of as more about People looking for relationships, they ask more in-depth questions. It feels a little bit more like a traditional online dating profile, but still has that kind of location-based element. Uh, if you are queer and you're looking to just hook up and you're mask presenting, you might be using Grinder or Scruff. If you are kinky or polyamorous, there's Field. And then there are basically, no matter what your niche interest, you can probably find a dating site for it. Your religious affiliation, there's JDate date if you're Jewish, Christian Mingle, your desire to smoke marijuana, there is a dating app for that.
1: Well, Alex, this kind of sounds like a good thing. Is this how people are meeting
4: these days? Meeting people on the apps is one of the most common ways to meet people at all now and you can have a lot of luck You can also have a lot of admin, especially if you're using multiple apps at a time, Mm. or you can go deep, swipe yourself silly and then realise that you've looked at every dating profile of every person in your entire vicinity and still not find a match. So it's really a lucky dip. It is how people are meeting these days, but there's not actually super reliable data on the number of couples who got together on apps versus through friends and family, meeting at the pub or in the office. How many people are using these dating apps in Australia, Alex? Well, according to Statistia estimates, it's around 10% of Australians who are actively using dating apps at the moment. Is that high or low compared to other countries? It's actually pretty low. So in the UK, the same company estimates that around 16% of people are using apps and Mm. in the US it's 18%. But what's really interesting is that Australia is the only one of those regions where dating app usage is forecast to decline rather than increase in the next five years.
1: Do you know anything about why?
4: I think there are a number of reasons. I would say that the fact that we didn't have a dating culture at all before Mm. the apps probably plays a part in that. So I think we're probably culturally a bit less inclined to be interested in that. There's also a population issue at play. Like the reality is there are only 24, 25 million of us and a lot of us are not currently dating. So the pool is a little bit shallow. It's quite easy to sort of hit the bottom in a way that if you are in a major metropolitan city in the US or the UK, the options would certainly appear much more endless I think the move away from dating apps for a lot of people is also tied into this broader desire to disconnect from big tech and live a more IRL life. So I think the fact that we're developing a little bit of a desire to create a barrier between ourselves and our screens and spend more time touching grass probably has something to do with the app fatigue too.
1: You're back in the deep end with dating. You've just launched Guardian Australia's Blind Date column. Tell us a little bit about that and what you've learned from the experience of editing that column.
4: Yeah, so Blind Date is this hugely popular column in the UK and we're now doing an Australian edition of Blind Date every month or so. And when we announced that we were going to be doing Blind Date Australia, there was a lot of excitement and 3,669 nice people applied to be part of Blind Date Australia. Wow, that's massive numbers. Yeah, it's really good. We set two people up, we send them out for a dinner, which is on us, and then ask them how the date went. Now, I say that there were more than 3,600 people who applied, but Only 388 of those people were straight men.
1: 388 out of more than 3,000?
4: Yeah, so we're talking just over 10%, which means that your odds as a straight woman if you're kind of applying for blind date, are not great. Mm. (laughs) Your odds as a straight man are much more likely that we'll kind of look at your profile and be able to find you a match. And I suspect that sort of real willingness and optimism about putting yourself out there from women and queer folk and that reticence to put yourself out there from straight men might also play into the reason why people feel quite reluctant about dating apps these days. So what you're saying, Alex, is straight men are the problem? I think they can be the problem, yes. And we have another relationship column called Intimate Details. And one of the first questions we asked people that they can reply to anonymously or not was what happened to your love life after you quit dating apps? Because we know that dating app usage is declining in Australia. And straight men certainly reported feeling app fatigue, spending a lot of time talking to people who clearly had no interest in meeting them. We had a few men writing in talking about basically like Tinder dinners where the expectation that they would pay for a meal was the only reason why they'd be on a date with a woman. Yeah, it's still a thing. So it's certainly not a great environment for men, but what can happen to you, what gets said to you as a woman on a dating app is potentially much, much more horrible. So even if only one match out of every 100 calls you a slut or threatens to stalk you, that experience is... Unpleasant and traumatic enough that the other 99 are not going to necessarily feel that positive either. Mm.
1: Next, we try something straight out of a Sex in the City episode.
3: Hey, Jane Lee here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you probably know, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, which means we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, we don't answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we haven't put up a paywall. We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers and listeners who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. So if you're able to support us, head to theguardian.com forward slash support full story. There's also a link on the full story page. Thanks.
2: and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best in class all in one robot vacuum for only $799.
1: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why UnitedHealthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So if apps and their popularity are going down, Alex,
4: how are people finding love? Well, there are the old-fashioned ways, of course. Friends of friends um, being set up. Work is a big one. I mean, there are more novel approaches. So, for instance, um, speed dating has become hugely popular in Australia we were actually given some data from Eventbrite that showed that between 2022 and 2023, the number of speed dating events grew by 35%. Wow, that's a huge increase.
0: My name is Chris Marney. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for City Swoon Dating, and we are looking forward to a really fun event tonight at Frank Max in the Rocks in Sydney, Australia. Being January, this is one of the busiest times a year for us, which is an exciting time because a lot of people are trying something new. They're trying something a little different. We have way more demand for our events than we did pre-COVID, which we genuinely didn't think would happen. We have found that we are seeing a lot of people who have never tried speed dating before. They're a little tired of using the apps. They're a little tired of online dating. And this is a safe and fun way of doing that.
4: Are you looking for City Swoon? I am. You've come to the right place. I'm here to help you. I'm your host this evening. If you
0: have any questions, we'll have around 40 singles aged 25 to 37. They'll be checking themselves into the event and they will have filled out a dating profile. Once everyone is here, they'll get sent a photo of who our system has matched them up to chat to for 10 minutes.
4: Uh, My name's Beth. My name is Maeve. We know each other from book club, um, but we're now fast friends. I have been speed dating before. It was more than 10 years ago. I've been to a few speed dating events. I've gotten more into it recently because I'm really over the apps and I'm really over scrolling.
0: So I'm Luke. Um, I am a high school teacher. I teach science. I've been to a couple of speed dating events before. I'm quite comfortable talking to people in person. So for me, actually coming in and seeing people in person, um, it just feels better.
4: Excellent. So we've just pressed the button to activate the first round. So everybody is going to get matched up.
1: Uh, Bindi, are you ready to go? Yes. Uh, Can you just introduce yourself? Hi, Uh, my name is Belinda Richter. I'm 44. I live in Sydney. Bindi, we're talking to you because you're a speed dating success story. Ten years ago, you were sick of the apps and websites like RSVP and eHarmony, and so you moved to speed dating. What made you make that decision? I was over it. Like, I was 34, and I did want to meet someone, but I just found I was
3: spending so much time on the apps and on on the platforms and you'd invest so much time talking to these people and then meet them face-to-face and there was nothing there. And the years were running away and I just needed something that was a little bit more efficient. You went to four sessions. What kept you going back? I enjoyed it, to be honest. Like, for me, I'm a very efficient person and I don't like to waste time so the setup was perfect for me because you get dressed up once you go to a venue there are 12 10 or 12 blokes there who are actually interested in having a relationship Mm. so the statistics of meeting someone are pretty high I think and on my fourth time I had some success. So tell us about that fourth time Bindi. I think Tim was probably the, maybe the third or fourth person that sat down um, in front of me and I, um, I remember him sitting down. He's very t- he's six foot four, so he was very tall and, you know, at this stage of life there's not a lot of tall men left, so you see a tall man and you grab him. We just talked so easily, like the conversation just flowed so easily and you're not dating at 34 with a complete blank page so we were talking about you know seeing our therapists and all the sort of shit that was going on in our lives and it was just it felt really natural didn't feel like there was any bullshit it just felt really nice and you know I just knew something then so the process of speed dating is at the end of the night you're supposed to tick the people that you want to see again and if they also tick you then the company sends you an email on the Saturday or the next day with all of your matches but I said to Tim no I'm not waiting for that let's just swap details now so we've got each other's details on the ground. (laughs) Oh wow what's happened since then how did things unfold? Um, We've been married for seven years. We have a five-year-old. So thank you, speak dating. (laughs) Because I never would have met him.
4: So we're at the end of the evening (laughs) and it was a really fun night. I think... I think we just had a really fun conversation with someone, which was good. Like, it was uh, good vibes. Like, everyone seems to be in a really good mood, good chats. I would be super happy to share that I'm getting married. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Relax. <laughs> um, I don't know if sparks, like, flew tonight. Is flew the right word? No love tonight, but maybe another night. <laughs> I mean, you're in love with me, right? Of course, that friendship, love that love remains love, strong. Yeah.
0: Tonight was a, a, a real success, I think. I, I definitely met someone that I'd, I'd like to see again. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but you can't can't really ask for much more from a, a speed dating night, can you? So yeah, very happy.
1: So we've got apps and speed dating. Is anyone still meeting in person? You know, at the pub.
4: People are certainly still meeting in person at the pub to some extent, but I think that it has become more complicated to pick up IRL. And I think, to men's credit, there's a bit more awareness that if—and uh, this is this is specifically for straight people—for f- the queer community very easy to find love on the dance floor, (laughs) very different energy. But for straight people, like, there's an increasing awareness from men that women might not necessarily want to have a guy come and chat to them on a night out with girlfriends that they don't necessarily love every piece of attention that they get. And so that kind of creates a barrier that's actually quite good in a lot of respects but it does mean that the idea of going to a club with the intent of picking up is becoming much less commonplace for straight people and it also means basically it is still quite easy to go to a pub or a club and meet someone but that requires game and If you're shy or socially awkward or aren't really confident and comfortable chatting and approaching people, it's really difficult.
1: So, Alex, finally, what is your advice for people looking for love in 2024?
4: My advice to people looking for love in 2024 is, first of all, have a keen idea of both who you are and what you want because Being able to be upfront and communicate that, whether you're ethically non-monogamous and looking for a secondary partner or whether you want to settle down, get married and have babies is critical and something that you should really, regardless of where you meet someone, communicate quickly so that wires don't get crossed and people don't get disappointed. Look for... Spaces where you're likely to come across people who have similar interests to you or a really specific kind of dating app. If you've got a self-assurance, a self-awareness, and you go in to dating apps, to speed dating, to the pub with a sense of intentionality and mindfulness, then you're much more likely to be able to have a really positive experience. If you feel like using the apps is a constant chore of messaging back and forth, treat the apps more like speed dating. A couple of messages to make sure the person doesn't seem like they're completely off the planet or not the vibe that you're after, and then meet as quickly as possible. And if someone is hesitant or weird around the prospect of meeting in person, then that's a huge red flag. Thanks so much, Alex. No worries. That
1: was Guardian Australia's lifestyle editor, Alex Gorman. We've put links to two stories about speed dating on the full story page. One is a story by Kate Kelly about a group of Melbourne community gardens that hold weed dating events. And the second is a story by Jordan Beasley about a group of speed daters in Sydney. They're both great reads, so do look them up. This episode was produced by Alison Chan and Daniel Simo, who also did the sound design and mix. The executive producer was Hannah Parks. I'm Gabrielle Jackson. Thanks for listening.
3: and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide, from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUBMED or your travel advisor.